Welcome to Uncontained, episode 43. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on this episode, I speak with the three-piece band Cubits out of Los Angeles, California, made up of Ted, John, and Brian. And, uh, well, I speak to all three of them for most of the interview. After a while, one of them has to bounce. You'll have to listen to find out which one does it. But uh, it's a great conversation. We speak of uh, the band's beginnings, some of the influences, and, of course, what you all need to remember is that on December 10th, Cubits is releasing their brand new album. You can buy it on vinyl or you can buy it digitally. They aren't selling you those CDs, no. They don't want to mess around with uh, those clunky-ass things. You can burn it to a CD if you want, but... First, you got to buy it digitally or buy it in vinyl for your record player, which would be a great Christmas present for uh, those uh, who have a vinyl collection or an MP3 collection. So you can pick that up digitally and vinyl forms at cubits.bandcamp. Yes, you can order them both there or check them out at the Monstra in downtown L.A., on the same day as their album and digital tracks release. So check them out there. Playing along with, I think it's four other bands, because they say you have a one in five chance of liking a band that is playing there. So check them out. Meet the band in person. Really cool guys. They've actually been cool enough to hook me up with a couple tracks to play for you guys off of their new album that comes out December 10th called Crimes Against Reason. This is the first track of the two. This is Cubits with Reasonable.
How are you guys doing today? And welcome to Uncontained. Oh, good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're great. Good, good. So I have Ted, John, and Brian, correct? That's right. All right. You guys want to go through, tell us uh, what you play and what you do in the band? Uh, yeah, my name is John. I do vocals. I do bass or keys, uh, depending on the song. Uh, my name is Ted. I mostly play guitar, but sometimes I play bass when John's got the keys. I'm Brian. I play drums, and I, I trigger samples and play keyboards. All right, cool, cool. So how did uh, you guys come about as a band? Uh, Brian had a birthday. <laughs> That's right. It all happened because Brian turned 30. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, yeah. and he hadn't been in a band in a while, right? That's true. <laughs> so yeah, he recruited yeah. us. It had been a few years since I was playing music and making records and traveling and stuff. And um, I got real drunk at my 30th birthday, and we decided this was a good idea. <laughs> That's how all the best ideas come about, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember him declaring, I'm buying a drum set <laughs> at, at the bar. Yeah. Uh, were, were the rest of you already into playing music at that point? Or were you just like, oh, I'm going to go buy a guitar. I'm going to go buy a <laughs> bass. And it's like Captain Planet and all the, all the parts aligned. Not exactly. Uh, John and I had played music uh, with each other and other people for a while. Yeah, we'd all been in bands. And, just not and, this one. Right. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I, I didn't know if it was just that... 30th birthday and that magical moment most of the time when things are shouted out when drunk like i'm gonna start a band they don't happen <laughs> but i give you guys credit for the follow-through yeah i was like i'm gonna hold you to that and then i and then i did that's true that was, <laughs> I, I remember the declaration until ted brought it up the following <laughs> week, i was just gonna ask if you remembered uh stating that you were gonna start a band after the 30th birthday party then yeah, fiddick makes a 30-year uh whiskey a 30-year scotch um <laughs> And it makes you forget the whole first 30 yeah. years. <laughs> I mean, it was in, I mean, we'd all been in bands before, but it was an instrument shift for Brian, right? Yeah, I used, I used, in a previous life, I played guitar. And okay, and uh, your previous bands, were they similar in genre to, to Cubits? Uh, I think the answer there is no. No? All right. I don't think so. so. And how would how would exactly would you describe Cubits? I've heard like I've heard a few songs. They're kind of electronic. I can definitely hear the synth in it, like the keyboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would you describe it as a band? If somebody ha- asked you that question, that horrible question that a lot of people ask, like, "What do you sound like?" When I get that question, I answer uh, fairly consistently, although I'm not sure it's totally accurate. Um, <laughs> what do you say? Man? <laughs> I, I, I think this is surprise to me. I think of ourselves as like a synthy surf band. Oh yeah. I, okay. I think of ourselves as as the natural progression of what surf rock would be if we were living in 2016. Which coincidentally we are. And I'm glad that. But I think the surfiness is a little more. Hang on a sec. We we just had a visitor. Somebody coming to join the conversation. Maybe who is. Um, hang on one second. All right. Well, while Ted is dealing with that, I'll continue talking. But, right. uh, yeah, no, it has, um, I think like the surfiness comes out more in our live set where it's much, it's like more guitar driven on the record. We layered a lot of stuff and yeah. it's got more textures than just that. But although that elements there. Yeah. With this band, um, more than other projects that I've been a part of, we really had to come to terms with the notion that what we would present, uh, in the live show and what we would present on the record, um, are different and that's okay and we sort of 
we polish them differently. How does a live show differ? Um, it's faster and louder, I think. Yeah, that's definitely faster and louder. We have and less hands. Right. Well, so we have to thin out the much. arrangements, uh, which sometimes, you know, the when you have to do that, the thing to do is like add distortion and play the guitar louder so it builds <laughs> more space or hit the cymbals more. You know? Okay, so when recording, you guys might play more than one part and record multiple tracks to get the sound you want there. But live, you have to do with... Uh, how many of you are in the bands? Are just you three? Yes. So okay. we have six hands and then, you know, Brian's two feet. We have to basically make it work with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I don't play any keyboards on the records, but um, on at this point, I think a, a majority of songs, I think, about half, I don't know. Um, yeah, about on half. On a significant of number of songs at this point, I play the keyboard with my right hand while playing the drums with just the left hand. That, that's kind of impressive. Two totally different instruments right there. Um. Well, I, I, I hope so. I, <laughs> well, I mean, like, totally different Sometimes like styles I play. But, yes, you can pound on the keyboard, but it may take a little bit more uh, finesse with the keyboard than drumming sometimes. Yeah, I, um, I hope that sometimes it works out. I can tell you for sure that it's hard, <laughs> very hard, and that's why I like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great, great. So where do you think the surfy vibe comes from? Uh, Fender? I- uh, yeah, I think that comes from the Ford and fa- uh, Fender factory. I uh, I like surfy guitars, and I am lucky to be in possession of a '60s Fender amp that just sort of sounds like that anyway. Uh, so you know, the combination of uh, a single coil pickup guitar and that Fender amp and a reverb just sort of that that's the sound that you get. Um, but I like that sound. I I always liked it, and it. Uh, was one of the kinds of music that would like encourage me to actually practice the guitar when I was <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> okay, so were you into surf music big as a kid, or like who were yeah. some of your influences? I was some Anna Astroman fan, yeah, and sure. like uh, I, uh, you know, liked all the uh, Dick Dale records and uh, other instrumental rock music, like the Ventures and the Shadows and what have you. Um, the the challengers you know uh the bellairs okay all right um, some solid but, influences there yeah i mean but i think there's a there's a surfiness to a lot of rock music too like there's a surfiness to like the pixies and some other like more like contemporary things that i heard growing up you know right on now do, do the separate band members have very distinct backgrounds that they come from that come together and form cubits I think so. Um, I, I, we 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 really don't agree on music to listen to uh, that much, so I think that would be a yes. What? Okay, so like, what are what are some of uh, the music that uh, the other guys listen to in the band? Like, I heard the uh, surf music background and Pixies. What what are some other genres that uh, help form your sound? Well, so before. Uh, Brian's drunken declaration. Ted and I had had been talking about making uh, this project or something like it for a while, and so Ted and I, I think started out with more different tastes, but through being roommates for a long time and <laughs> discussing music, tastes slowly converged. Okay. And I think we were talking about some uh, pretty studio-heavy records um, that we liked a lot, like uh, that's German band, The No Twist. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple blonde redhead records that we really liked. Um, a couple things that we felt like were they were there were songs under the surface, but they had presented them in a weird 
fashion with an interesting arrangement. Um, so those were a couple shared reference points that Ted and I had. Um, that partially answers your question. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and then Brian came in and he likes... Uh, I, like, uh, I like a heavier music. Uh, a a metalier kind of music, but then he also likes Simon and Garfunkel. Well, uh, all right. What would be some of the metalier type of music that uh, Brian's into? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, I bring a lot of um, the the metal stuff to the table with respect to cubits. I think that, um, I mean, I like, I like plenty of, you know, Scandinavian metal, but to listen to. But, <laughs> okay, uh, so the crazy double bass. No, uh, I, sure, yes. I'm t- <laughs> from a listening perspective, yes. Uh, in terms of. Um, the sorts of things that I enjoy playing on the drums. Um, I think that that uh, the influences that are relevant to the project that we're pursuing now are more like some of the noisier post-punk stuff that happened in the in the mid and late nineties, like um, like a Click Attack of Tawi, um, and uh, bands you no one's ever heard of. <laughs> uh, a bunch of San Diego bands no one's ever heard of. Uh, you know. Giver one um, and then the SS from Boulder and a lot of um, um, I don't know how to say it really but uh, but sort of syncopated and visceral drumming that doesn't just fall into a two four kind of thing and, and stay there for the duration of the song and switch up all the other courses. Uh, okay, off time like yeah. all right, kind of like math metal or math drumming. Uh I like some mathy stuff. <laughs> I like like. Uh, Hella. Yeah, I don't know that there's any of that in Cubits. No, all. there really isn't. Don't think, we don't really play like that. I don't think like there's that. even a pinch of that spice in the stew. <laughs> right like, on, right on. I'm, I'm, a lot of times, like <laughs> the influences don't necessarily show up in the music, but it also plays a part in creating the music, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Like, like if you just have like one person them. that lists, or the whole band listens to the same type of music, it's going to come out like that. But with multiple... Correct me if I'm wrong, but with multiple influence, it kind of stirs the pot a little bit or stirs the stew, as you referred to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of... Um, it affects your various vetoes. I it think, definitely too. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, all of us have different like sort of points where we think something's cheesy or something is... Yeah, like not yeah. in our taste and gets vetoed. Yeah, Ted's made it clear. That's that exactly what I'm talking about right there. A, a piano sound. You oh, there will never there be will a piano never be sound in the like Cubit song. Piano song. No, I'm song. sorry, but I just that cheeses me. I cannot handle that. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So there, I think all of us really like a lot of diverse types of music. We're all kind of music nerds, so maybe that's the thing we have most in common. So maybe yeah. we don't like exactly the same thing, but we have pretty wide and bizarre taste. <laughs> Great, great. That's great. And okay, so you guys have a new album coming out. I won't call it a CD because you're not releasing it in CD form, right? You're releasing it in vinyl and digitally, correct? That's right. It's uh, available for pre-order now on our website, uh, our Bandcamp site, which is uh, qubits.bandcamp.com. And yeah, we have a real nice high quality vinyl pressing and then you know, a digital uh, file that you can buy through them. Yeah. Those are the ways it's available. We just figured most people want a file and some, yeah. some people might want something big and nice and nicely designed to hold. Max okay. Convenience and maximum inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So that, the CD just got overshot and it was like, ah, oh, that's right in the middle. We don't want that. We do either thing for you. Yeah. At this point, it's neither, it's just neither here nor there. I don't have a CD player in my car. I don't, why, where where would I even play a CD? Yeah. <laughs> I 
removed the CD drive from my laptop from <laughs> another hard drive. I really, I would not be able to play our record. Fair enough, fair enough. So that's why you decide just to go with the vinyl, which some people still collect, and like, even if they have to play them on the Fisher Price like record right, player. Right. A third of them don't even get played. I think for some people, it's just having something like big, and yeah. and we were lucky. Our 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 friend of the band uh, made a nice design for the. Uh, for the cover, so people can. Yeah, when I know. told Greg that we were we were doing a twelve, and she was like, "Oh, good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like it's a nice piece of art, almost more than anything else. But uh, you know, uh, it, you can also play it back, and it sounds really good because it's uh, it's it's high quality. But yeah. Any backwards messages on the vinyl? I guess when you play it backwards, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to buy it to see. <laughs> the entire thing is actually backwards messages, like just layered throughout. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. I'll have to have to see what the what the vinyl tells me if the devil's talking it's to me or something. Do whatever it says. That's the important thing. All right, all right. <laughs> so, is this a full length album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Barely fit on the LP. <laughs> barely fit on the LP. All it right. Getting their money's worth. It's on there. Yeah. Yeah, we cut some stuff. So how was uh, how was the process of recording it? Long. Yeah, yeah. very long. We There's that fast, cheap, good thing, right? <laughs> when you only, you pick two. <laughs> so we picked uh, cheap and good, which means it was slow as. Can I curse on this podcast? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. I can't call it uncontained and be like, no, you can't swear. Okay, yeah. good. So that's one way we're living uncontained, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we say fuck whenever we feel like it. Oh, I thought you meant fuck that we'll. Living uncontained as we didn't uh, contain ourselves to any reasonable time frame. Oh, that's also another. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. how long did it take you? We took over two years making this. Oh, record. wow! Yeah, that is a long time. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was over two. It was, oh, it was about two exactly, right? It was like. I mean, it depends when you count till. We started recording but, the drums. I mean, if you count the process <laughs> of like getting the jacket art done and like everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's it's still not yeah. released, not for another week. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been two years uh, since if you're counting from now. Um, well, not two years of tracking. But not two years okay. of tracking. Several months of tracking took a you know. Does that involve the writing process or? The songs were uh, the structure, of the, the scaffolding of the songs was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were then, playing them live and, and recording then, demos. For and a some while of the recording. writing involves, you know, some of the writing was done during tracking in terms of like uh, vocal harmonies or extra synth layers. Well, or, actually, or some, things that just don't work and get thrown out. That happened a couple there's of There's a times. couple songs, though, on the record, too, that are we've almost never played live. They're actually unplayable. That were basically <laughs> made for the record. We'd have to be a six person band of much better musicians. Like slight. Mild. Okay. Away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was all, that's also because there's there's literally twelve layers of sound design and, and rhythm and just abstract um, abstract <laughs> sound work on there. Yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. plus like a, a Rhodes part. And, yeah, yeah, there's no way. And uh, a keyboard that got stolen. And I mean, we had a lot of setbacks during the making of this record. That's too. true. My original sample pad got stolen. So one thing that happened is we had a robbery yeah. at our house right near the end of tracking yeah. where we lost oh, the man. keyboard that we had, which you can hear on the record, thankfully. <laughs> uh, but so we, I cry every time I hear it. And, and several other pieces of gear. And uh, that was really sad. Um, another thing that happened to us was Brian got himself into a motorcycle accident. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh shit. 
was like fully in traction and stuff <laughs> and couldn't traction. You couldn't, you're in, <laughs> had casts and you couldn't play yeah. for months. And uh, uh, yeah, so we've had a, we we had a bunch of like life things just get yeah. in the way. Plus, we wanted to make a production heavy record. Sure. That, which now I never want to do again. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we learned our lesson there. Now that I've done it, like we're, we're the all, next record I want to track in a day is like a punk album. Right. We've I, all I've, been converted to Steve yeah. Albini's point of view by making <laughs> a record. Basically, this is yeah. This is like uh, an attempt to really be perfectionist and get the best we could using. The technology we had available to us, um, but it was it, it did take forever. <laughs> <laughs> so you're glad you did it, but you're never going to do it again, or at least not in the near future. Not this way. No, I would definitely do something much more live. Or okay. Next, and also I think I would never make a full length album again. I think I would just release singles or EPs. At yeah, most. batches of like three or four songs. I think are the way to do it. I, I have seen a lot of people going that way recently. Like they'll release a single on like SoundCloud or Bandcamp for people to purchase, and then do that every like month or so. Yeah, yeah. I think the faster turnaround time, faster feedback. It's just more like the more present day oriented way of doing things. I think feed the I, ADD. There was at a certain tier. I mean, my. I mean, my friend Sincane still makes full-length records and tours on them, but he has like support from a, you know, from a real label, and, sure. and he he has the the resources to like hole up, um, and even then he's still like when he goes to track a record, he makes it in a week, he mixes it in a week, like he's right. Just, he has a method for limiting his yeah. time, which he's, is so smart. Of him. He benefits yeah. from the constraints there. We didn't benefit benefit from any constraints at all, aside from money. You know, we like. <laughs> Had yeah. and, then, and that, was, that did not benefit us. No. Yeah, that just we'd made like, us. We like <laughs> we had gear, we had time, we had right. you know no no one breathing down our neck to hear anything. So we were like, yeah, let's just take a few more classes at polishing that. Um, yeah, right. On. So when is the? You can pre-order it now, but when is the uh, the album coming out? Are you having a record release party or anything? Yeah, uh, the record officially comes out December tenth. And that is the night of the release party as well. Uh, so if you're in Los Angeles, please come and hang out with us. It's going to be actually a dual release. Us and another band, Goose Happen. Uh, our friend Colin is also releasing a record that night. And I think it's going to be a really fun show. We have uh, NK Riot and Donkey and uh, Tolliver coming to play with us. And also, because I don't know, your listeners, I assume, are everywhere. I assume they're all over. Right? So uh, it'll be digitally available that same day yes the, all right, great it's digitally available and you can order the vinyl and we will ship it to you all that same day it's gonna be a busy day uh and where is the uh release party at or where's the show at it's at a place called montserrat which uh is in downtown los angeles uh i think the website is montserratdtla.com okay t-s-e-r-r-a-t that's right that's like the french spell it m-o-n-t-s-e-r-r-a-t <laughs> you gotta throw one of those in there too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have to, well, you have to correct the person and then just say it right back the same way. I think that's just, <laughs> <laughs> just with a little bit of a snootier sound in your voice. Exactly. No. Not that I have anything against the French people. In case we have any listeners in France, <laughs> I don't know. The French are pretty contained. They might not. They 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 might not appreciate this show. <laughs> they they might they might listen to the first few minutes and then surrender. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, enough uh, French jokes. But so you have this show going on uh, the tenth, correct? That's what you said. And the CD, or not CD, no CD. The total uh, lack of CD also comes out on the tenth. The, yeah. the lack of CD comes out on the tenth, along with the record and digital version. And you can get that. You can get that all at Bandcamp, at your Bandcamp site, correct? Yes. That's C-U-B-I-T-S right. dot Bandcamp dot com. That's right. Okay, cubits dot Bandcamp dot com. All right. Well, I got a few questions for you guys here. Um, one of them is, do you have any advice for people getting started out or looking to take that next step in uh, in music? Uh, they just pointed at me. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> You're the well, man with the answer, apparently. <laughs> I mean, the next step, I mean, if that means actually falling through and finishing a record and playing in front of people... I can say something about that. If it's about you know be, being a professional musician or something, uh, I can't speak to that because I've never eaten off of anything I made playing music. And in fact, first line of advice is probably don't plan to make any money at all. Uh, you know, try to get your money somewhere else. <laughs> okay. But, but what yeah. what advice do you have as far as putting out an album? Uh, yeah, don't, don't take, take as long as we did. <laughs> <laughs> but I would you don't have to spend that much money, I don't think. I mean, I think we tracked our drums in a studio. We spent a little bit of money on that. That can be worth it, but we were able to get pretty good sounds with today's technology and software, you know, for almost everything else just at home. Um and depending on, you know, I also I would choose constraints, right? We didn't do this, but I, I absolutely like I would just write down <laughs> these are the instruments and sounds we're going to use. And just make it work with those. And actually, even if you don't have access to good gear, if you choose good, a couple good pieces and you really commit to that, your record will have a distinct sound at least. Okay. That, that can actually make up for a lot if you don't have... Um, again, this is not advice we followed, but this is, <laughs> this is what I would do next time. This is what That's we, right. It could be what you learned from not following this advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, pick good people to work with. Ugh, definitely didn't do that. I've yeah. had some another, very, another huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, I mean these guys are terrible. Uh, I can tell so, you guys hate each other. But uh, no, I, I've worked with some actually terrible people. Um, so yeah, it can it can be careful. Once a always a flake. All right, all right. So pick who you work with, set restraints, like, uh, to limit, and, like... End up not adhering to those restraints, giving yourself some rules, and then choosing the circumstances under which you're going to break those rules is still a better structure for, for making a decision and creating some artistic output than having no, no coordinate system to even build on. Yeah, I, I'll okay. also come for the mixed metaphors. <laughs> here's, a, here's a really important thing, too. Uh, assume your first 10 shows will be terrible. Yeah. Uh, some people starting bands. This don't... is our 11th show, by the way, coming up. <laughs> so you'll uh, be great. Yeah. So please, everybody come. <laughs> We're not <laughs> I, I think playing terrible shows no, and it's... feeling awful about them is just part of being in a band. And, and eventually you get a thick skin and you just get used to it. Um, even like. When I've been in in <laughs> situations where the band I'm in is very polished and practiced, like sometimes you just get a bad invite to a dumb place that's far away and, and no one shows up and your equipment. You find breaks. yourself in Downey and some people yeah. who look like 
uh, zombies are turning their bubble machine on. Yeah, your set. all kinds of stuff can happen. <laughs> so just assume, especially in the likelihood of that happening when you're starting is even higher. So just assume that's going to happen. Right. I think don't get bummed by it because it's lot not of, your yeah, fault. A lot yeah. of people make the mistake of like not playing live for a really long time because they want to be perfect yeah. and you, you should just do it and fail disastrously in front of your friends <laughs> and cover and do it again yeah I'm, i've heard this quote thrown around i think it might be by the creator of amazon or linkedin or something like that if you're not embarrassed by your first uh, product that you put out you waited too long that sounds right i would say that on the creative end of things if you're not embarrassed by your first show or the first product you put out then you're not being critical enough of what you're putting out. You're not being <laughs> well, that's a different that. problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely true. You, 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 but you also have to find that line, too, where I think you're being too hard on yourself to where, you know, being narcissistic, thinking everything went great, you know? Kind of find that balance so you don't drive yourself crazy. The amount of delusion to keep you going. <laughs> Without you a jerk to other folks is like the issue, right? You don't want to be Scott <laughs> Stapp. All right, this is the moment I personally got to peace out. So thanks oh. for doing this. Um, All right, well, thank you for joining us. We'll be uh, wrapping up here shortly, but uh, thank you. I'll see you guys. All right, later. Yeah, Brian and I can finish. Okay, cool. We're, we're all set. All right, now that he's gone. No. <laughs> get real. All right, so how do you guys uh, go about promoting yourself? Well, we don't really. We're I mean, bad at that. we're we're terrible at it, which is why uh, it was exciting to hear from you. Um, <laughs> because we we are, you know, uh, in a market where there's just a tremendous amount of music entertainment options, and so uh, the the good news is it's pretty easy to find a place where you can play a show. The bad news is like several world famous people are also playing that night <laughs> in the same town as you, so. You have to really work to to find an audience, and uh, you know what we're discovering is that um, the online promotion engine seems to work better than the local one in some ways, and that we're able to, uh, yeah, you know, really easily put things up on a place like Bandcamp, and um, when people hear our music and then they like our Facebook page or something, uh, we can we can reach out to them and and we can find them. So, you know. At this point in history, when you're making music, you're making it for a pretty small group of people. That's just reality. That's everybody. I mean, this is it's the other side of how accessible it is to make and distribute music now. Um, so as long as your your aims are reasonable, you can you know you can achieve like what we've set out to achieve is just basically to make music that we like and share it with our friends who like it, and we've been able to do that. All right, great, great. Okay, so basically you do a little online promoting. Uh, do you use like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that? Yeah, we have a Facebook and a Twitter where we post things. And uh, then we have a, uh, a SoundCloud where we sometimes put tracks as we finish them. And uh, the other thing that we're working on is um, we shot footage for music videos and uh Hopefully, time permitting, we will be releasing some music videos uh, in the coming months and using that to sort of promote the record as well. Um, All right, cool. So uh, how many songs do you have music videos for now, or are you still working on that? Well, we shot enough footage to make videos for all the songs. Okay, but, wow. Uh, That's not to say we've put in the time to but edit I have, together the videos I have yet. No, I have currently rough cut two out of the 12 
and I expect to finish at least one, m- maybe more, <laughs> but I don't promise <laughs> any more than one. I think we'll definitely have at least one, and uh, uh, then depending on how much people like it, I may make more of them, basically, because we, we have a concept for sort of how to do the videos that's a little bit esoteric, but that I think will uh, generate, if one works, I think it will generate 12 that work, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, a of, it's a little bit of a procedural idea so we'll see we'll see how well that works all right cool looking forward to it you'll have to let me know uh, when you get that edited and uh then i will uh share that with uh, the uncontained audience so when somebody comes to a cubits show what do you want them to take away what do you want them to remember about the experience of seeing cubits um i think that I think that what we try to present um, and what we try to make memorable about our set is, is that we don't, we don't tend to stay locked in genre for more than two parts. <laughs> a chorus or so. More than a part of a song. Um, we, we tend to, um, as, as we said a little bit before, we tend to, to squish our influences pretty close together. Okay. Uh, um, one of the ways that this takes... Uh, shape is that John can't stay in the same key to save his life uh, when 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 writing a song when when writing the the, yeah. the bones of a song yeah and so we end up skipping keys two three four times a song um, and I hope that those aren't always super obvious shifts I hope it it, it comes off as as um, as flowing well and I think that mo- most of the time it does um, but we tend to look we we, we don't just uh, count off four and then drop into a punk song and then call like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus out um, gotcha we, we, um, we tend to, to <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> but we don't um, that's not our method that's not yeah that's, that's not really our approach we we try to to change sounds um i mean like um often yeah we ch- change yeah. synth sounds and, and change up instruments and switch who's doing what and present a, a fresh take Almost every song, it, our, our arrangement is significantly different than the last. So, okay, yeah. it keeps things fresh at least. Yeah, so hopefully you come away with uh, some feeling that you saw something with some, some variety and depth to it. Um, you know, John does write the sort of bare bones of most of the songs. He'll come in with a melody and, and often a bass line. And Brian and I like to... Like, we play a game where we'll kind of listen to it and we'll say, like, well, this reminds me of this genre. This reminds me of that genre. And we'll pull some, some signifiers out of, out of where it reminds us. And then that's sort of how we approach our arrangements. And part of the fun there is determining whether, like, well, this one sounds kind of 90s grungy. So right. does that but mean that we... Should we go we, toward we it lead, or away from it? Yeah, right, do we lean right. into that? Or do we strip out the elements that remind us of that and see what else, see what the song looks like once it's dug out from that? What are some of the factors that may make you lean in towards something or lean away from it? Wow. Uh, that's a case-by-case well, case thing. Pretty that's subjective, but I'd say like how many examples I've heard of someone else doing that is a big factor. Like, uh, oh, I've heard somebody take a grunge song and turn it into a you know, sexy funk disco track, so <laughs> let's not go that direction. But like, okay. maybe, like, Devo it out and like make it really... Uh, straight ahead and emotionless and maybe that'll work or like you know y- you just try to think of like you know either something I've seen that I thought worked really well or something that I haven't seen somebody try yeah. 
uh, that'll excite me. Or if I think I see a connection between two things, like sometimes I'll get excited because I see, oh, this surf song, the 60s surf song that I like has a really similar baseline to this 70s Krautrock song that I like, but they have totally different beats. What if we, you know, grab the beat from one and the lead line from the other and try to (laughs) slap them on top of each other and, you know... That kind of thing makes me very excited. And Kraut rock. Is that German rock or? Oh, yeah. That's like um, uh, Noi, Can, uh, Harmonia, uh, early Kraftwerk. Okay. Kraft, I, I do know Kraftwerk. The other ones I will have to look up. The, guy, the guys that got kicked out of Kraftwerk after the second record, those two guys are Noi. Okay. So definitely check out Noi and Noi 2. You'll be very happy you did. Oh, it sounds good. Music in like the middle of the seventies. <laughs> yeah, Kraftwerk even still to this day gets like credit from hip hop and rap artists. Sure. Which sure. you know it, it's yeah. it's amazing to think how far ahead they were back when they released that, where it's still relevant now, and and you see it here sampled occasionally. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, there's no cell sonic force without uh, Kraftwerk picking up synthesizers. But before they had synthesizers, they were also good. So you should check out like the organization record and those early Kraftwerk records. Anyway, I'm a nerd. I like that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So what is the like you were talking about leaning in and pulling away from different genres or colliding. What, what's one that you've done recently that you found clicked? Like, what a combination of two genres? That's a good question. What's... Um, the most recent example that I can think of is, is the new one. Okay, the so we're working on a new song that is... is it, I think is the example he was making before, which is it is a bit grungy. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you would listen to the song, you'd be like, okay, this melody reminds me of uh, Nirvana or maybe Alice in Chains. Uh, actually, it, it reminded me a lot more of uh, the band Cracker. Oh, okay. well, so that's less grungy and more like alt-country then, uh, or something, right? Isn't that what I that don't, is? I don't know. Um, no? That's an example of leaning out. Like We were like, we, were like, we didn't want to sound like those things. I mean, nothing gotcha. like those things, but they don't feel like us or, or, or this moment. So we were like, well, we like this melody, though. So we basically stripped it way down and, and made it drone. Yeah. We, and made, we made the rhythm a lot more sparse and punchy. And um, split the chords out among the instruments, basically. Yep. So that each instrument's just playing like maximum two notes, but the the stack is the whole chord. So that you're not losing the harmonic complexity, you're just thinning out all of the instruments. Okay. Make room for them, you know? And uh, yeah, it does help it. It makes it feel less like something you've heard before, I think. This is one we're still working on, so I'm yeah. I'm not confident it totally works. <laughs> we haven't put a paint on that one yet. So. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think it's I think we picked the right direction. I think we we were right to uh, not just play it like a like a grunge gen. All right, cool. So before I get to our final question, uh, where can people get a hold of you? And uh, if you want to plug uh, any shows coming up, but once again. Uh, this is your chance to do it. Okay, so you can get a hold of us through our Facebook page. If you go on Facebook and type Qubits into the box, you'll get there. Or you can go to facebook.com slash Band, all one word. That'll get you there, too. Um, that is C-U-B-I-T-S band. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's correct. We spell Qubits the regular way. And uh, 
I personally respond to everybody who gets to us very, you know, that's how you got to us. It's very, yes. very direct. Um, and then um, the only show we have on the books right now is our release show. It's December 10th. It's at Montserrat in downtown L.A. And so if you are in the L.A. area, please come and say hi. Um, and uh, that would be really great. We'd love to see you there. You can watch me play the drums and the keyboards at the same time and also probably get a drumstick stuck in my beard like I do almost every show. That's right. You you can't see Brian as you're listening to this podcast, but he has an enormous red beard. And okay. it will be a hazard to his health while he's playing. Every time. Every single time. I will be playing the guitar and the the bass. And uh, uh, we'll have some, some great people there as well uh besides us so it's not just uh it's not just us you can you know you have a one in five chance of liking one of the bands right wait i don't think the numbers quite shake no doesn't work like that you could conceivably like more you could like all of us i suppose (laughs) if you're only gonna like one there's five chances to like somebody is what i'm saying we have to do some math offline here we'll get back to you (laughs) all right all right work out the equation work out the equation and uh we'll come up with pi or something like that in addition to your equation that you're working out and your show you can get the the record and the digital tracks on the 10th as well correct that's right you can order them now and i will get you the record on or before the 10th i'm going to send those out really soon or you can order them after the 10th and you'll get them immediately uh the downloads uh will happen on the 10th as well like you'll get the whole record immediately on that day All right, perfect. And I'll include that in my show notes. And uh, I have one more question for you guys before I let you go. Uh, How do you guys live uncontained? Uh, I think uh, I think you should open your stuff. I think you should. One of the best ways that you can live uncontained is you can take all the music gear that you've got and get out a screwdriver and open it up and look at it and. and modify it if you want to and fix it when it breaks and don't be afraid to order stuff build things and break things and fix them again okay make you know open up your wah pedal and make it sound a little bit more narrow and harsh than it's shipped from the factory that's how it's really yours yeah um which reminds me i need to tune my wah pedal because it's squealing a little bit (laughs) it took a little too far last time uh, you know, it's it's not. I strongly endorse this view. It's unscrew uh, things, get a solder iron. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, that break something and then figure out how to fix it. On the software side, there's a lot of things that pass themselves off as music creation um, uh, products these days. When when uh, they really are a self-contained ecosystem that doesn't allow you to support the work out to other things. The great thing about about physical, the great thing about uh, hardware gear is that. You connect things to wires to other things. It's all very physical and tactile, and you can really understand what you're doing. Whereas in a lot of software suites these days, mm. they're like you end up making something that inside a proprietary ecosystem that you can't port and do something weird. You, you just or like you're turning up and down a suck knob, but you don't know what the suck knob is doing. <laughs> My nephew is 16. He's just getting into into you know like making his. Um, making recordings, making not just, he's actually been into it for a little while now, but um, I encourage him to pursue solutions that he can either, either uh, export MIDI from this thing and import it into this other thing. And then just mess with the numbers, just mess with the data on the way in order to make something that's really his, instead of staying within one company's uh, biodome, you know, 
Um, because that's where you dig in, you really make sounds that are. <laughs> yeah, you know own. what happened to the people in the biodome, right? They uh, got sick I'll, and they would have all died. The Poly Shore biodome. Oh no, I was talking about the uh, you know the biodome too, the actual experiment that the Poly Shore movie is making fun of. Okay, I thought you. I thought we were just going back to a Poly Shore movie. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they really did that in the desert, and um, I mean Poly Shore didn't just think of that, you know. <laughs> like I know he's a genius, but. Uh, actual scientists really did that. They called it biodome too because you know the Earth is the first biodome. Scientists. Gotcha. Terrible Those scientists and their creative naming. I know. Well, so anyway, everybody in there got sick because of uh, uh, contamination. Because you know, it of course, it doesn't work. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> anyway, I just, I just, I just encourage people to uh, be uh, 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 be open to opening your shit. Build a chopper. Take a welding class. Make something. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, perfect. Perfect. I know you guys got to get out of here, too. That's So basically, unscrewed equals uncontained. Yeah, absolutely. If you open it up, it's not contained anymore. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Sometimes disastrously so. But that's okay. You'll learn. You'll learn. Sometimes you'll learn you can't put shit back together. <laughs> All right, so I got one more thing to do. First, I want to thank you guys for joining me today. And I just have one more thing left, and that is to sign off the show. Would you guys do me the favor of signing off the show today? Sure. We're Cubits, Cubits, and and we live. live uncontained. Thanks again for listening to Uncontained, and thank you to Cubits for coming on. And if you're in the L.A. area on December 10th and want to check out our show, Cubits is having their big release show that night, yes, at the Monstrat. Uh, links will be in the show notes to the, to the event on their Facebook page, along with to where you can buy the vinyl and the digital uh, tracks. That's at and that's at cubits.bandcamp.com. You can get both the vinyl and the digital version of the new album there. And if you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend. And uh, make sure you get and make sure you get to your favorite pod player, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now newly available on tune in radio and uh please rate review subscribe and share because uh well your friends will listen to you digital or or in-person friends just tell them listen to the show check it out had a good time or you know if you didn't like it tell them it sucked maybe they're cooler than you are Anyway, as I promised in the intro, we have two tracks for you to listen to from Cubits today. Both of them off their upcoming CD coming out December 10th titled Crimes Against Reason. The first one you heard just after the show intro, it was titled Reasonable. And this is the second track, as promised, called Plan. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.